You're invited to The Prom, the next Broadway and Chicago show at the Cadillac Palace Theater, playing for one week only, April 19th through 24th. This show is described as having a Jewish soul. The Prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. Okay, real talk. I saw this show on Broadway and was dancing in my seat the whole time when I wasn't crying. Okay, sometimes I was dancing and crying at the same time. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again and is so full of happiness that you think your heart is going to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate at the Cadillac Palace Theater for one week only, April 19th through 24th. And Mishkan Chicago gets a special discount code. The code is PARTY49 for $49 tickets, valid for April 19th and 20th, evening shows only, and the 21st in the orchestra, dress circle, and loge seating area. Again, PARTY49. So get tickets now at broadwayinchicago.com. Welcome to Contact High. You're listening to Rabbi Lizzie perform Debbie Friedman's classic take on the Birchot Havdalah. I'm going to tell you right now that I think it's so beautiful, we're going to let the whole thing play out before this week's message begins. That message, by the way, comes from Mishkan's third annual virtual Seder, entitled Toward a New Promised Land. Over a hundred people joined us Saturday night, and we hope you'll join us next Saturday night at Half Acre Brewing for The Re-Leavening, our post-Passover party, where we'll make up for lost leavened carbs with pizza and beer. There's a link in the show notes. Now, keep taking it away, Rabbi Lizzie. This is our third Zoom Seder. Um, in 2020, in April of 2020, exactly two years ago, we had like 500 screens of people doing Seder with us, um, which is not surprising because everybody was on complete lockdown and we had no idea what was going on. Um, in our second year, last year, the vaccine rollout had begun, but most people still hadn't gotten it. And most people were still being very, very cautious. And so we did another Zoom Seder and um, 300 or so screens came, about 350 screens. And this year, here we are well into, well into people are getting their, like their fourth vaccine shot, their second booster, um, lower COVID rates. People are gathering with family and friends in person and a lot of people are just like, can't take Zoom anymore. And nonetheless, there are like over 150 people who are gathered here, like 116 screens at least, um, who have signed up to be here tonight. And um, I, I don't know, I'm heartened by that. And I'm so happy to see multiple people in, in screen boxes and individuals and families and, um, and all of us here together. So... Um, we we're calling this Seder this year toward a new promised land, toward a new promised land. So I want to share a quote 
This is the historian Michael Walser. Um, maybe you've heard this one before. It's how he ends his book, um, Exodus and Revolution. Um, Wherever you live, it's probably Egypt. Wherever you live, it's probably Egypt. Yet there is a better place, a world more attractive, a promised land. And the concept of a promised land so that's that's what we're theming this Seder around tonight. The idea of like moving in a direction, having a vision of where we want to go, articulating it, holding it out as a beacon that calls us toward that vision. And even as we realize we may never get there in our lifetime, we still can get closer and closer and closer. And we have to. And we have to. It's what we want to do. Um, and so the Jewish tradition is um, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says, the Jew Jewish tradition is like fractals, you know, like um, like one part of it is the same as another part of it that may look very different in a different part of the calendar, you know, but um, you see the same themes popping up and cropping up over, over the entire calendar. And so in the Torah, the Jews are liberated from Egypt and they are pointed in the direction of the promised land um, this land of milk and honey and figs and olive and date trees, a paradise. But in the Torah, they never get there. They never get there. The Torah ends with Moses and the Jewish people sort of on the cusp of entering, but they never get to the promised land. Um, and even once the Torah is over and you get to the later books in the Hebrew Bible, we do get to the promised land. But it turns out that not even the promised land really lives up to the promise of the promised land, right? The promised land was going to be this place that God gave to the children, the grandchildren, great-grandchildren of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as an inheritance. And if they stewarded the land responsibly and took care of the orphan and the widow and the stranger, and they practiced equitable farming and economic practices, all of which the Torah describes in great detail, if they exercised judgment righteously, and there's harmony and cooperation from the leaders of the people, then they will be able to thrive in the land, the Torah describes. And guess what? It didn't last, right? The reason why we practice Judaism today all over the world is because there was a temple in Jerusalem at the center of that holy land that was destroyed, sending us all over the world as refugees and as wanderers. And we built a tradition that could survive in the wilderness. And yet we kept turning our faces eastward to look longingly toward that promised land, toward that holy city and the idea, the idea of a promised land more than the actual place even, as we, even as we experience the disappointment of knowing what happens in a promised land. So this, there's this real tension in the idea even of a promised land. But we know, we know, and this has carried us through this pandemic, that hope is what keeps people alive and working toward a better world, imagining and describing it and working toward it. And so at Seders, since we were, since the Seder was created for thousands of years, we have been saying at the end of every Seder, and as we will tonight, next year in Jerusalem, as a way of expressing that yearning for a perfected world, for a redeemed world. And even today, if you're in Jerusalem, 
If you're sitting in Jerusalem doing Seder, you still end Seder with next year in Jerusalem. As if Jerusalem is more of an idea to be fulfilled um, than, than the reality that exists in, in this time and space. And so we, we look forward to the potential, the promise, and the hope that we will one day inhabit that time and space that we will call Jerusalem next year in Jerusalem, right? As Michael Walser says, wherever you live, it's probably Egypt. So zooming out, as we thought about the timing of this Seder, uh, we know that it, it may feel to many like we're exiting the pandemic, um, but A, to many, the dangers of COVID are still very real. We have people on this call tonight who, you know, who are, who are on the call because they're sick and they're at home and they're quarantining. Um, and, and that's still very real for people. People are still missing work and missing travel and um, not doing well because of this pandemic. It's still very real. But B, the inequities that COVID exposed and exacerbated are still very much a part of our world, right? Like the extreme inequality between and the access between those of us who could work from home during the pandemic and those who could not and had to risk health, especially before there was a vaccine, those with money in the bank that grew during the pandemic and those who would have lost their homes were it not for an eviction moratorium right? The people who could afford to pull their kids out of public school and go to a private school where, where instruction was happening in person. And those who could not do that and who lost months and months of in, in school time. So as, as it has been said, we were all in the same COVID sea, but we were not all in the same boat. We were all in the same COVID sea, but we were not in the same boat. And so the idea of moving backward, of going back to what we had before, that's actually not the promised land. Going back, you know, back to normal is not the promised land. We have the opportunity to imagine what the future could look like and could look like better. So Michael Walzer writes, the way to the promised land is through the wilderness and there is no way to get from here to there except by joining together and marching. Shabbat Replay is a production of Mishkan Chicago. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kalman Strauss. You can always see where and when our next service will be on our calendar. There's a link in the show notes. And if you appreciated the program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've heard it before, but it really does help. On behalf of Team Mishkan, thank you for listening. <laughs>